She started singing early on in life and followed her dreams and sang with an all-girls group called Girls' Time in 1990. Fast forward to graduating from high school, going to college, and furthering her career, she met and started performing with two of the greatest of all time, Prince and Tyler Perry. Her passion is so strong for the business. Please welcome to the podcast, Ashley Davis. Good friend of mine with me today. She is the host of Great Day Houston. And we've done so many things together. You always come when I call. It's like, you know, the mayor's tree lighting, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. For me, it's made me appreciate what I have a whole lot more because, listen, life is fleeting. It was surreal my first year because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in fourth grade and I've made it this far and they got news cameras here. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, this this is crazy. Who is that? <laughs> he is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And that's what really inspired me to know that, hey, I can really do this. I want to thank you for helping me with my new dream and supporting me as an artist. We've got lots to talk about. On today's episode of E-Talk, I have the pleasure of speaking with one of Houston's gems. Uh, she started out her musical career on a show early on, some of you may remember, called Star Search. She was with a group, a group known as Girls Time, uh, which she left the group and they became Destiny's Child, but that didn't stop her. She ended up going on to bigger and better things and doing wonderful things. I'm thinking of a phenomenal phenomenal lady who is Miss Ashley Davis. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, everyone. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And just for the record, uh, Tony Glover does not age. He still looks like the day I met him, by the way. Okay. That's all. Ah, wait, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, thank you. I'll take that. That that's a hey, that, that's a compliment. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Ashley, let me tell you, you are one of my favorite performers. I I, I just had to say that. Uh uh-huh. I mean, I've watched I've watched you do a lot of things and uh and you enjoy what you do. And that's a good thing because a lot of times people do things and they don't really enjoy, they're just doing it just because. But you enjoy what you do, and it shows every time you step on a stage, and not just talking uh, on stage with people, but when you're talking to people and having conversations about what you do, you have a passion about what you do. And I want to start with that question. Normally, I kind of throw that in later as we're talking, but I want to ask you, what does engage your passion mean to you? Well, I mean, first of all, thank you. It really does mean having fun. I, yeah. It is a a genuine fun that I like, no matter if it's a long day or when I would perform in the beginning, I would always surround myself with people or engage in conversation or take a phone call. And so over time in your career, you start to find out what works and what doesn't work with your spirit and your energy and your vibe. And over time, I've cultivated it to like <laughs> not allow certain things to affect me especially before I perform. It's mm-hmm. it's a very sensitive thing because I've been performing all my life. So by now I should know what makes me get in a Zen moment. It's not a typical drink lemon water and stuff like that. Like I like to color. I, I don't get nervous unless it's like a gospel show. I don't know why uh-huh. I get nervous for gospel church events. But uh-huh. other than that, like I just, 
I found my my thing that makes me relax and chill and that's what drives my passion is just being that being confident and not letting things distract me and that's always going to be there but I believe right before performing it's it's a thing that I I definitely make sure I do at all times <laughs> oh good 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 and and color see and everybody does different things I personally just like to sit and be quiet because I think what I'm doing is like gathering energy for what I'm getting ready to do. And I think uh, if coloring for you is your way of, you know, relaxing and, and calming down. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I've never heard anybody say they color. Maybe I have to try that. Let me give me a coloring book and go get the, the big box of colors, like 128. I don't need eight. I need all the colors. Listen, I have to have all the colors, all my <laughs> cast members for gifts. They always give me coloring books. Like I, it's never not too many. So oh, wow. yes, that's coloring. Cool. That is cool. Okay, so let's let's talk about how it all started. You started out with a group called what? <laughs> we were called Girl Time. It's Girl funny because my mom is now, we're not really telling people where she has uh, landed a new opportunity in what state, uh-huh. but one uh-huh. of the students just happened to be playing one of my songs from when I was in the group Girl's Time. And she called me and it just brought back great memories of, being in the group with Beyonce and Kelly, Nikki, Nina, Latavia, and then after that, Latoya Luckett replaced me. But right. people don't know, I knew Latoya before she got in the group. We were the reason she was referred into the group, actually. <laughs> so wow. I think that's a nugget that we're I'm dropping for today. But yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's cool. See, so you never know. You didn't find out all kinds of little things. So you guys ended up on this show called Star Search. It was one of my favorite lines where Ed McMahon used to say, Well, we reach for the stars and catch them. <laughs> oh yeah he was so convincing oh man gotta love it he he was like the bob hope of uh vocal competition shows uh-huh, you know what i mean uh-huh. no one could replace him which is interesting even though arsenio hall to me did amazing yeah i do feel like he was like that grandfather that just like that show is to this day it's nothing like it so yeah yeah, yeah. it's not i mean and you have all these other shows but there is nothing like star search <laughs> it, was, it was wild so you were in that group uh you moved on and did other things went to school you went to the high school for the performing and visual arts in houston texas <laughs> Uh, which uh, we're both alums of, uh, and I got a chance to work with you on many things. And that's what I'm saying, watching you grow and do the things that you're doing into where you are now. Now, describe to me what your journey was. And, you know, after being with the group and moving on and doing other things, what was your journey to get you to where you are today? That's that's a very deep question because it it's it's a lot of technicalities Uh like uh professionalism and character analysis and promptness and discipline and i'm not gonna sit up here and be like oh my gosh i go to the gym every day and i eat carrots every day and i don't drink any wine to destroy my vocals like it wasn't that (laughs) it was a trial and error for me and and i tell a lot of students when i do creative arts classes now is that you have to be always present like you don't going up we heard you never know who's in the room or who's watching you I feel like today they don't they need to respect the people in the room like their peers because Mm -hmm. that's partly how I got here too mentors 
referrals. You know, I went from PVA to USC, University of Southern California. I didn't think I was coming to LA to be a star, like the typical saying goes. I just knew I didn't see a school that offered what I wanted and I didn't want to go to a conservatory. I didn't want to go to the East Coast because I don't I'm I'm not a snow girl, but I knew LA would be cool. And <laughs> and so I mean, no lie. My dad didn't want me to go to Howard, you know, I didn't want to go to any Texas schools. So that's really what brought me to LA. It wasn't because like, oh, I'm gonna get discovered. And right. it wasn't until I was in college, my cousin and I are the same age. She started telling people I could sing. And then one day I was like at a basketball game. And next thing you know, they were like, can you do the Star Spangled Banner? And then they were like, can you sing at the president's ball? And, the, and it, so my name started getting around on campus. And long story short, I, long, people don't know this either, but I started singing background from Marva King. And Marva King used to mm-hmm. sing with Prince. And this was yes. before my Prince years. And I just remember she was just fierce. I made $100 a week, but I showed up to that gig like it was like $10,000 a night. And yeah, my name exactly. started getting around in LA. You know what I mean? And, and and I'm saying that to say that's how I met Shep Crawford. And then I started working with Fatima Robinson. And then from Fatima, I started, I met Fatima through doing the Tamiya tour, the Verizon okay. First Ladies tour. And it was Alicia Keys, Beyonce, Missy Elliott, and Tamiya. And then Fatima was our choreographer. So I stayed in contact with her, which is another part of the journey is I stayed in contact with a lot of people I worked with. And she referred me to a video shoot for Prince. And days later, I ended up going up to Prince and saying hello at the video shoot. And so that's how all of that started was just me staying in contact with people and doing demo work. I may not have gotten paid a lot of money, but I just did it because it was fun. It was it was Mm -hmm. fun, you know. And um, and that's how I got here. And every time I would work with people, they would say, you should really consider the voice or you should consider Broadway. And I'd be like, well, I don't know how to do that. Next thing you know, Tyler Perry helped me get on the voice. And, right. you know, so it was just it, it's a lot to the story. But mainly it was just consistency, being present, following up, sending emails. You know, having my headshots up to date. And when there was auditions, I was going to open call auditions. I didn't feel like anything was beneath me. And I was never intimidated by the open call auditions. So mm-hmm. that that's really what got me here, honestly. I mean, I could keep going on and on and on. But it was really the technical side of doing and following through and follow-ups right. and all that stuff. And we, we were talking before we, you know, came on the air about how a lot of people just think, oh, I love seeing people perform. I love seeing them. That I, I always uh, love hearing them and do that. But they don't really understand that there is a lot that goes on to that. And like you're just saying, the technicality of it, you got to be there and do what you're supposed to do in order to keep it going. You know, you may get one good gig and you may not get anything for four or five years, you know, but what do you, what do you do? You got to keep going. You got to keep pressing. Like you're saying, you're going to the open call auditions and, and you were just out there, you know, you were making sure that people knew you were there. Your headshots are ready. You know, that's it. If somebody says you have a headshot, yes, bam, there it is. You know, and it's not an out of date headshot. It's something that's now. And you and you're talking about how you met, you know, uh, worked with so many people and did so many things. And I was going to go into that. We were talking about how you uh, worked with Prince. You know, he remembered meeting you and asked you to audition for him. And and there you were, you know, Prince. Talk about the Prince deal, because, you know, everybody loved Prince and some Purple Rain. How was that? How was that uh, working with the Prince? 
first of all, in a nutshell, I mean, he is just, he was a jewel to not just Uh me, but to my family and to my friends, Uh to my cast members. I mean, he, after I worked with him for a minute, he would take out my cast. You know, he would say, hey, do you want you and your cast from the Tyler Perry cast to come to the house and do a jam session? Like he was just a down to earth homie, you know, and a lot of his former members used to say, we've never seen him like this. And of course I knew it was a divine thing for me and for him. It wasn't just one-sided and he, but he was still a man, you know, and looking back on some of the things I think could have done better. We could have done better as far as like Mm -hmm. having visuals for beautiful love and bless the song we got nominated for. And he would get intimidated sometimes when people would want me to perform without him. So he was still a man and we had our disagreements, but he was the guy that I said took years off of my marketing and I could never repay him for that, of course. And he, he just was smart. He was a genius. He took me into his negotiating rooms with record labels to William Morris agency. And he, you realize why he thought the way he thought it wasn't a conceited, arrogant thing. He understood the value of what musicians and artists bring to any table any phone device any live entertainment any like he was just that guy he wasn't like hey sit down let's talk he would just start talking and you had like I said you had to be present to know what he's talking about and if it didn't make sense to me I'd be like so can you explain that to me again and why do you why do you say it like that and you know and then there was sometimes you'd be looking at him like now why you do that you know what I mean but he (laughs) and there was times he would do stuff and I'd be like all right let me know when you're back to Prince and then I would leave and then he'll call me like okay I'm sorry you know he was he was very genuine but he he was great I mean I, I walked up to him for one of his house parties and just reintroduced myself to him because I had worked at Paisley Park when I was like 11 or 12. They flew me out there and nothing happened of that. I actually had to write a book because it was just so many stories that I forgot, you know, that happened. (laughs) So I had Uh to put it in a book. Um, But that's really him in a nutshell. And working on his 3121 record was very spiritual. He let me record his verse of him singing the second verse to Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed. And that's a whole nother story, how that Uh song came to be, you know, but he was just, He's a genius. It's just one word to describe him. He's such, he was such a genius, such like nothing was surface for him. Like, you know, you meet people today and you're like, why you got to be all deep? That was who he was. He didn't try Uh to be deep. He was just very discerning and, and very analytical, but then he always had a solution. And that was the difference between him and a lot of people. He didn't complain about something. He had a solution. It was up to you to understand the solution and want to put finances behind it. But he had a solution for not just him, but for everyone. For everybody. Yeah. People have problems, but nobody really wants to, they want somebody else to have a solution for them. Right. Right. Yeah. And you, you were talking about how generous uh, he was to you. And I, I can attest to that um, uh, you did a a concert here in Houston once at the uh, warehouse and nobody really knew that he was going to be there. I knew because you had told me, as a matter of fact, we were actually together that afternoon at HSPBA where you were doing a Q&A with the students. And uh, he came and you guys did the concert. And after the concert, you took, a, I want to say it was about 30 or 40 of us over to uh, a Chinese restaurant and he was there. He did all the stuff and we were like hanging out all night. I was like, oh my God, I am hanging out 
with Prince. <laughs> that yeah, was crazy. Yeah, you're reminded. You're bringing memories to me. It's crazy because when people bring the memories, I think that's when I get emotional because I was in the moment. Like my entire uh -huh. family was in the moment. Uh -huh. We we never looked at him like, oh my God, we're with Prince. We were just like, yeah, exactly. we're with Yeah, that's him. You know what I mean? Like when I introduced yeah. people to him, I was just like, Prince is my cousin. But and I was like, okay, bye. You know, I wasn't trying to stay. Like I was the opposite. I wasn't staying in his face. I was like, "What's uh -huh. up? What you want? Okay, bye." You know, what time is rehearsal tomorrow? Okay, cool. What you want to do after the the rehearsal? Okay, cool. You know, he wanted to be around all the time. Like one time, I told yeah. him no. He went to hang out. And he called me like at three in the morning. What are you doing? I was like, <laughs> "I'm in the bed." He was like, "Um, well, you should come over." I said, like "No." Yeah, I said no, and he was yeah. mad, but I didn't care. I was like, "I'm not getting out of my bed. Come hang out at three in the morning." <laughs> I'm not hanging out at three o'clock in the morning with you. No, man. No, sir. So no, sir. Would you, what, what would you say uh, is like been one of your biggest wow moments? Of course, that's that's something right there. And we hadn't even talked about anything else I want to talk about. But that means what would you say one of your biggest wow moments was? Biggest wow moment? <laughs> uh, I don't know. With him or just in general? In general, in general, yeah. If it included him, that's cool. But in general, biggest wow. I, okay, so this may sound crazy. Well, <laughs> it's been yours. No, not crazy. That's what you no, want. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Well, there's three. Let me start with the first one. Uh huh. Okay. My first one was. So Tyler's just. He's just my. He's just adorable right and so tyler i started working with tyler perry and he was <laughs> launching he was launching his first studio first television okay. studio tyler perry studios and so mm -hmm. i my mom was flown there and she was treated just amazing but before all of that took place he he called me out of nowhere with cassie davis on the phone and cassie said ashley you know cassie cassie yeah. has a, she's like ashley she said what you doing I was like, I'm something, something, something. I don't know what I was doing. She was like, listen, Tyler wants to talk to you. And I said, okay, <laughs> well, I said, my heart dropped. I was like, uh, and by this time I was doing the marriage counselor. So this was the first show in five years that Tyler had took a show out. And this okay. was the first show he had done without him okay. in it. So this was a huge leap of faith for him if people were going to come and support. Well, long story short, the show is a success. I'm playing the, <laughs> the marriage counselor and like, Eight months, six months into the show, Cassie calls. And, and next thing you know, he's like, hi, how are you? I'm like, good. And he's just talking. He just starts talking. Yeah, I'm doing this event and da-da-da-da. He's just talking about this event. And finally, I sit on the phone. I said, Mr. Perry, what, what am I doing? What, what, what am I? Why are you telling me, basically? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to ask. Can you do the opening for my ceremony and sing to Dream the Impossible Dream? Wow. And I said, of course. And, and he said, do you know that song? You know, you ask people, do you know something? They say, yeah. Well, he said, do you know it? I said, yeah. He said, sing a little bit. And I was <laughs> like, to dream the impossible dream to fight. And he sat there on the phone. He was like, okay, um, 
who are you again? <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I, I performed that song and he's telling me, he's describing, he wants me to be floating and my gown to be, you know, going into the water. And I, it happened. It, I, I wow. literally was on the lake. They had scuba divers underneath my floater. No. They moved me from behind the screen in front of the screen. My face was like portrayed in the trees, like the design. And I think that was the, the biggest highlight. Like, and you have these people saying, who was the girl on the lake? Like that's what uh-huh, the whole uh-huh. question was that whole weekend. So uh-huh. that to me was one of the biggest highlights because you had like Patty LaBelle and Oprah, like who was the girl, you know? So that was really cool and humbling. And then I would say, I did a night with Janis Joplin, the Broadway show, and I did yes. not audition for that show. And I lied uh-huh. and said I could hit a high E. And I'd never <laughs> had practice until the day I got on the rehearsal set child in San, Fris- San Francisco. And they're like, well, we know you just got off a flight, but we would love for you to just mark summertime. When I tell you, I was like, God, now listen, I ain't never asked for no favors, but I need you to be a whole favor for this song. Right now. So I'm I singing need you this right song, now. I'm like, yeah, I was like, summertime, and whatever. Eventually, it worked out amazing. But the highlight of that was that that's the show that keeps on giving, and it ended up being in cinemas. And so it was just really wow. surreal to be in that movie theater a year ago. I think it was a year or a year before, 2019, with my mom and my dad, my friends and family. And we're like, we're like at Alamo Draft House Cinema uh-huh, looking uh-huh. at this film. And then it just made its Japan debut. Uh, last no july 2nd so i feel like that's like a huge career highlight because there's something that i could not have prayed for you know it's just like you know so i have tons of them but those are probably some and they stand out out. and and, and that's interesting that you say it's like the uh the dream that keeps on giving because it 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 was two years ago and now it's you know you say it just made its debut in Japan. Who knows where it's going next? So you know, exactly. even when you're doing stuff, when you're doing stuff, that does not necessarily mean once it's over, you've done it, that's it. Because it yeah. can keep you know, it'll it'll show up when you're least expected. You know, you're sitting there yep. going, Oh Lord, I don't have anything to do, what's going on? And bam, there's something yep. that comes up that you've already done, it's just being reintroduced to other people. Well, that's that's been my whole journey, though. Like, that's the title mm -hmm. of my memoir is The Siren on the Damascus Road. And and my business team was they wanted to understand the title. I was like, it's a Uh play on words with Paul and on being on the Damascus Road. Like, my life is not it is not planned or like I didn't pray for anything that's happening in my life. I prayed for certain things to happen but not the the details of it if that makes any sense like you know sometimes you say I really want this and you say what that is and I've learned that works for some people me I'm really like God just let your will be done now when it's done and I'm frustrated in the process it's a different story Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's it's one of those journeys that I've had and yeah, like Tyler. I met Tyler two years before working with him. I met Prince when I was in a preteen before working with him. Right. You know, so that that's mm-hmm. been my life. Wow. That that that's a that's amazing. So uh let me ask you this, and we all have them, but who would you say some of your biggest influences are? Who who, you know, that you just like, oh wow. I I I look at them, I look to them, I I can relate to them. You know, I I'm inspired by them. Who, who are some of your influences? Well, you know, growing up, it was always the, the correct political word to say your mom, 
mm-hmm. you know what uh-huh. I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But she really is a driving force. Like I'm getting emotional talking about it. My mom got her doctorate. I remember she was telling us about it. She, you know, she put her whole heart into finding out about the disparities in education and her dissertation and me reading her dissertation and having the conversations with her and my dad. My dad is working on something very monumental as well that has nothing to do with what he thought he wanted to do. He just kind of stepped out on faith. So I would really have to say my parents are really behind a lot. Like when there's something that goes down, they are the first people I call. Like, you know Uh what I mean? And my dad and my mom are so patient to be on the phone and hear my tears and my frustration and and then they give the greatest word of words of advice. And I'm going on about my day. Right. Um, but I would <laughs> literally I'd be like, all right, my daddy said I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I'm going right. Right. <laughs> but to, in today's economy, Prince, of course, has a huge influence on like, oh, my gosh, I see why he had to be the no man, you know, when it uh-huh. was when, mm-hmm. you know, and he was doing it for others. And that's a big thing of what's going on with my company now is even paying the musicians on their, the first live production show I'm doing with the city of Katy, like I'm paying them more. I, how I present the whole who, what, when, where, and why is different. Right. So I, I'm very uh-huh. admiring of the Issa Rae's. I'm very in, in awe of what she has done. I am very in awe of, um, I'm really going back and looking at like old footage of Sarah Vaughn. Just hearing, I'm reading her book, Inspired How. She was just like, listen, don't give me that pop stuff. Give me stuff uh, that I I know is who I am, which is this jazz. This is what I live and breathe with. So that's given me more confidence to write the music that I write now and not trying to make okay. it sound commercial. Yeah, and yeah. Um, those are like my biggest like things right now. I read a lot. So I'm reading Barack Obama's book. That is just blowing my mind, like how he got into politics, like Uh what made him have the stance that he's had, you know, and and how he even met Michelle and how he treated and cultivated that. And, you know, it's just even he never wanted to be president. It just happened to be an open opportunity. And that's great. So that that's inspiring me too. like, where is the open opportunity? And, you know, that that's what keeps it going for me. Honestly, open opportunity. That's that's a good thing right there. Open opportunities, not just opportunities. Because all opportunities may not be open to you. Exactly. And it's just a competitive <laughs> market now. So when I realize yes. I'm not trying to compete compete with these X, Y, and Zs, I'm not. Wh- right. What? No, that's I not going to give me satisfaction. Yeah. 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 I'm not changing my bio to say influencer. Like, because it has a different connotation today than it did mm-hmm. 15 years ago. But they don't want to hear right. that part. Yeah. You see, exactly. see what I'm saying? Like, mm-mm, mm-hmm. that ain't me. you say that ain't me (laughs) so let me ask you this don't put that word on my bio (laughs) last year (laughs) we as a as a people had to deal with this worldwide pandemic uh which was just you know it just threw everybody for a loop uh were you working on something were you about to work on something and how did that affect what what you were doing and, you know, continuing on to do, because we're even dealing with that now, you know, because we thought, okay, everybody's, if you get vaccinated, you're okay. You know, but now we're finding out that even people who are vaccinated can catch it. And we're almost back in that same thing of, Oh my God, here we go again. How did that affect you? And what did that do to you in the business? 
Well, I, you know, it affected everyone. Mm-hmm. It affected me in a way that was a huge confirmation of an eye opener of a career alteration mm-hmm. for me. Um, I took advantage of it. I went home. I mm-hmm. shipped my car and I enjoyed being with my family. It was yeah. one of the best times for me to be with my family. Not one time did anyone get on my nerves. Like it was just, it was just a great time, but I ended up becoming, I was like, okay, well, I needed some income. I wanted some income. I did get on unemployment. I'm not ashamed to say it. I worked hard enough to go and tap into it. Why not? Right. So I right. had that. Right. And then I applied for an associate position with this company called Generator turned into be one of the best decisions I could have done. It was a part-time thing for six weeks. The long story short, they're an accelerator startup, but they have a, a music cohort out of Detroit and Milwaukee. And okay. my whole life changed with that as them helping me talk to their artists and all that stuff. So that became that. And then I transitioned into music supervision. So I landed my first <laughs> show with HBO Max. And listen, I it was it was the best for me. I was able yeah. to take my classes. I was mentored by the most beautiful female who is the, how do I explain it? She's the epitome of music supervision. And, uh-huh. um, and, and I was trained by her for two months and I ended up landing that show and we just found out the show got picked up for season two. So oh, wow. hopefully, hopefully our music, thank you. Hopefully yeah. I'm back on the show. You know, it, that's, they say that's how it's supposed to go, but that's what happened for me. I ended up being behind a computer and negotiating deals for the show and landing songs on the show and, mm-hmm. you know, editing sessions and, you know, talking to Michael Che himself about his vision for the show. And you know what I mean? That was my, that was my entire, I want to say November all the way up until May. I'm still trying to close out two deals for the first season, but yeah, I mean, that, that was my, that was my thing. So see, everybody, you had an opportunity. There's that open opportunity you're talking about um, because the people started finding out that they could do things and things that they thought they'd never do. You know, they started doing it. So and I, I tell everybody the pandemic was one of those things that, you know, we were always saying, if I just had a little more time. And I mean, what? We had all the time in the world. So if you didn't do what you wanted to do or you said you were going to do, you have nobody to blame but yourself. <laughs> totally because agree. We had time to do all kinds of things. It was wasn't the way we wanted it, but I mean, are but, things always the way we want them? You know, you no. just have to you have to deal with and play the the hand that you're dealt. So that yeah. was um that was that was that's interesting that you were able to do that and get a show and it got picked up again. So again, I say congratulations on that. So what 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 is Ashley doing now? What what what, what, oh, what do you, you have? What do you have going on? I mean, you know, you have fans. <sighs> You oh have, you have what, uh, 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 you call them the Tam fam, uh, Tam fam, <laughs> listen, I love Tam fam. They, and they love you and you're always <laughs> doing stuff and, and talking to the people. So, um, what, what's next for you or what are you involved with right now? I love Tam fam. Special shout out. <laughs> I've adopted there's these girls that they said that I'm their mom. So I've adopted them. And they were like, quit saying that we're just, you know, your adopted daughters say we're your daughters. So I'm uh-huh. giving a special shout out to my daughters. I have no children, but these are my daughters. That's what they said. 
for me today. Tam fam. Hey, Tam fam. Tam fam. <laughs> and um, my new project comes out August 12th featuring Houston's own Jason Moran, Eric Harlan, Mark Kelly. Um, Mono, yeah, I know. Mono Neon, Jelly Bean Johnson, and some other musicians in Houston. So that's fun because it, it, I started working on that in 2019. And uh-huh. Tam fam reminded me, this is your 10th year since you put out My Name is Tamar. So that's wow. why it's called My Name is Ashley. And so I put it on vinyl. That was fun. And um, okay. so that's that. Tamar Talks podcast. I'm so behind in getting some podcasts up. It's just like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I, I love doing that, Chav. But I'm about to take it visually and filming a pilot actually in the okay. fall. So as soon as I can say what style it is, I, you know, I'll tell you guys. And then the show, I'm constantly auditioning for TV and film. You know, I, I never want to stop doing that, you know, right. so we'll see. My production company or my company is now, like I say, into live production. So the first show is August 14th. It's like this huge back to school glow party that I've booked a band for. And then I'm headlining there, the Katie Rice Harvest Festival, October 9th. I haven't even mentioned that on anywhere, but that's going to be super fun because I'm bringing out the entire band and everything. And the final thing is... um, yeah, and then and uh, yeah, that's really it in music supervision. Like that's 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 what keeps the wheels going. So you you for now. are busy. You are busy. I mean, we're we're talking July. We can almost say August, but we're talking July, and you're already talking about October. And see, oh, wait, that's what, I forgot to tell this. This is the ahead. first to know. They're the first to know. Okay. I'm oh first to know. I So. I am performing with the Stuart Copeland Orchestra. He's doing spot dates. Yeah, so it starts August 12th. I'm sitting up here trying to learn all the music because they were like, you're not going to be in the back. You're going to be in the front. I was like, oh, so I got to stop eating um, my my vegan ice cream too? Oh, crap. Okay. You're not going to be in the back. You're going to be in the front. (laughs) Oh, okay. Right. No teleprompters, right? Okay, so let me go get this together. So I mean, I got to learn the music for real. For I got to learn the music for real. Yeah. So, oh, um, well, listen, that's, that's the cool. day I see Sting, I think I'm going to pass out. I don't pass okay. out on nobody, but I will pass out on Barbara Streisand and Sting. And I'm only saying Sting. that because I worked with Prince. Okay. But you Sting. Love Sting. Yeah. Love Sting. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, we're kind of sort of wrapping up, but let me just ask you a couple of questions. What would the now Ashley say to the younger Ashley? What advice would she give her? I've been thinking about that lately. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, this, you know, the industries change and oh. be prepared to morph. But I did. So I guess the, the thing I would say is, oh, I don't know, because it, it's, I would probably say it's not a competition. You will not it's okay to not do what everybody else is doing. Like I tell people all the time, if I have to sign on to another portal with a password and an email, I think I'm a screen, you know? know. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. The other thing I would say is girl, one day them curves at nine years old, you ain't gonna ever have to pay for them at 35 because that's going to be the thing. Like I would tell myself that I will also tell myself to never get a perm. I would mm. say stay natural, enjoy uh-huh. it. 
I would also say as a black woman, your beauty is more in no makeup. Like, I mean, mm. I've found sometimes women when we're dolled up, whether we're getting ready for a performance or not, we come off more intimidating than more welcoming. We're just like chilling in our workout gear. And, uh-huh. you know, so I would tell my nine-year-old self to embrace, you know, no, the whole stigma of beauty. Like it's, it's not what society has defined it as, you know? Uh, right. I started writing a blog about that. Like my business team asked me, when did I realize, when did I come into the word beautiful? Very, very deep question, you know? And I said, it was the, it was when I started getting a, a perm. And I got a perm, FYI, not hating, no shade, but Tina knows put a perm on my head and was uh-huh. did not ask my mom permission. And I remembered being in the group, that's when I started hearing, oh my God, you look so pretty, you know? And it that's when it hit me. Like that was when I first started hearing the word pretty. Before that, I was just like, oh my God, you're so adorable, you know? Uh-huh. And adorable holds to me more weight than this whole definition of pretty. So I, I would definitely talk to my young self about, beauty you know and uh i think that's really it you know wow that's that's deep that is deep that is deep well ashley i want to say thank you personally for taking some time out to you know chat with me uh and you and i have having uh, me uh, uh, (laughs) we have a lady who's dear to our hearts and i just want to say a shout out to her because she has done so much with so many people and so much talent and i know you care about it and so do i and that is miss patricia bonner at hsba uh you know she has helped us and supported us in our careers and she still does i mean she knows everybody and i tell people all the time yes i was doing things before i went to hsvba but miss bonner really pushed us and i know that we are where we are and doing what we're doing now uh rightly so with a lot of of um guidance from pat bonner so thank you miss bonner here two of your thank babies yeah wait so wait, wait, i just did a, yes. i just did a live stream with, with charles jones uh, uh-huh. and so miss uh-huh. bonner was on there so so chris sampson the reason why we got to usc he's he's reading the comments he's like yeah there's a patricia bonner in the comment box me and charles looked at each other and said what like that we were like wait we didn't know she we we, we literally said we didn't know miss bonner knew how to sign in to i know i know she, to- <laughs> she called facebook book face for the longest so <laughs> but yeah no we 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 love her and like i said we you and i can both share those sentiments because we we've been around her and she's been there for us a long time. But again, I want to say thank you for, you know, taking time out to chat it up and just, you know, put some stuff out there and let people know Ashley off the stage and how she can just chill and find out other things about her. Um, so yeah, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank everybody for tuning in to eTalk today. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and comment. We would love to hear from you and you, the listening audience, to let us know what what you're thinking about. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website at www.anthonybglover.com. And before I move on, Ashley, tell us where we can find you so they'll know how to follow you. 
Yeah, it's AshleyTamar.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y-T-A-M-A-R. And you can find out all about the merch and the book and the literature and news and all that stuff on there. There we go. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Until we e-talk again, remember to respect the artist and respect the art. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to E-Talk with Anthony Bogus Glover. I appreciate you listening to me. Now, please subscribe, download, and comment. Leave a review. Tell us what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Now, don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and my website at www.anthonybglover.com. And before we leave, I want to give a shout out to my friends over at Adams David Media for helping me to get this show on the road. Hope to hear from you. We'll talk soon.